You are listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Waddle, Waddle! Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown! Okay. It's Waddle! His sixth touchdown Six pass of the day. Drive Time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. I know how your Christmas is going. I hope you had a fun one with your family. The Dolphins drop one 26-20 to the Green Bay Packers. We'll get you five takeaways. We'll hear from head coach Mike McDaniel, quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. We'll also talk about the play before the play and the teaching tape from the game. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is... The Drive Time Podcast. Miami Dolphins. We start here on the Recap Podcast each and every Sunday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Monday and Thursday, with the stats from the game. And I mean, the game started off really promising, really fun, like a really fun kind of celebration of Christmas Day. Get back to your families on Sunday night and go have a great time after a big Dolphins win. It, of course, did not finish that way. But as far as the team stats and the total game stats at the end of this one, the Packers have 17 first downs to Miami's 15. Two for 14 were the Packers on third down. Two for seven were the Miami Dolphins. The Packers were three for five on fourth down. Miami converted their only fourth down attempt from minus territory, by the way. Miami outgained Green Bay 376 to 301. That includes 294 to 222 in the passing game. They also outrushed the Packers 82 to 79. Now, Green Bay did run 20 more plays, 65 to just 45. And of course, drives ending with quick interceptions. We'll do that to you. Um, Miami had four turnovers. The Green Bay Packers had one. Both quarterbacks were sacked twice for 16 yards. Packers, five penalties, 40 yards. Miami, eight for 62. And the Packers, one T.O.P. Time of possession, 32 to 28 in this game. And there's a lot of places we could start with this podcast and this recap of this game that was obviously one of the more frustrating ones you're going to experience. And it feels like we've been saying that now for four straight weeks and all four games, games you could have won. But of course, you go back to the winning streak and those games came down to the wire as well. And I'm sure the opposing team felt the same way about those games as too. But ultimately, this one feels more like Miami kind of let it get away with some self-inflicted wounds and some uncharacteristic errors. And that's where we start with our first takeaway here, the offensive Jekyll and Hyde performance in this game, where I was writing down some numbers after the first two or three series, thinking we're going to have, trying to think about a tweet I can send about how Tua's, you know, second only to Santa Claus in terms of passing out all kinds of goodies for his offensive mates in this game. There was one point where he was averaging 24 yards per pass through the first 20 minutes of the game. He was five for eight for a buck 92, and his passer rating was 145.8. Everybody's all fired up talking about how the Dolphins offense with that strong showing back against Buffalo has returned to its form after a struggling West Coast swing. 250 plus yards of offense in the first half. Raheem Mostert has three for 33. Jeff Wilson has four for 24. You see the Packers having a tough time dealing with Miami's balance of run game with speed receivers and those in-breaking routes and run after catch and vertical stretch and horizontal stretch it just was all clicking in the way we thought it would from training camp all the way through the year and the hot streak and the wins and the point production it felt like it was all kind of coming to a head and you allow yourself to get that vision of well we can play this way for three more weeks we can get 11 and 6 we can go into the playoffs and yada 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 
But then it just didn't happen that way, even with Waddle and Tyreek both having 84 yards in the game at one point in the first half. But then what? With a second and two, this is where the game changed. At second and two at the minus 49, so one yard, one yard shy of midfield, up by 10, 20 to 10. And again, they could score a touchdown there. They could score a field goal, but you're looking at potentially 23, 27 points heading into the halftime break. How many teams wouldn't take that for a full game, much less heading into halftime? Then it went like this. Fumble, missed 48-yard field goal, interception in negative territory, interception in plus territory, and then interception in negative territory. Raheem Mostert had five carries for 12 yards in the second half of the game. Jeff Wilson had five for 13. Just over 100 yards of total offense in the second half combined for the Dolphins. What happened? What changed? Well, I will try to break down what I see on the Tuesday edition of Drive Time with the All-22 review, but luckily we have it from the horse's mouth themselves and Tua Tungavailoa and head coach Mike McDaniel. The big story in this one, three fourth-quarter interceptions in a situation, in a scenario where traditionally Tua has delivered for Alabama, for the Miami Dolphins. There's a reason we talked about all-time third-down passer ratings, all-time fourth-down passer ratings, all these great stats of production. And today, unfortunately, in front of a national audience in a standalone game, the wheels come off in that sense. Three consecutive possessions with turnovers, and you'll hear from Tua here, two balls that just got away from him and one that was a miscommunication. Let's go ahead and go to quarterback Tua Tungavailoa on the three fourth-quarter interceptions. Yeah. Um, on the first one, I tried to throw it over a defender, um, but I ended up really throwing over the defender and uh, Tyreek. So that one, that one got got away. Um, the the second one, um, you know, I I might have said the wrong play. I'm I'm not too sure, um, but there was just some commu- communication errors on that. Um, and then the third one was was just not a not a good ball um, for for my my receivers to to have been able to make a play on that. So um, you know, it's. It's tough. Uh, you, you get an opportunity to play on a Christmas Day um, against a really good team, um, you know, and uh, you, I, I go out there and, you know, really not not putting, not being able to put my best foot forward for, for our team. Um, but, you know, in, in hindsight of it, you know, this this is something that, that we got to be able to just move on from. Um, you know, like, like, like I say with with Bev, um, you know, he says let every play stand on its own merit. And so for this game, you know, want this game to stand on its own merit as well. Obviously, we're gonna learn from from uh, these mistakes, but uh, you know, this isn't something that uh, you know after a loss we we should be going home and taking to our families, our kids, um, you know, our, our other halves. You know, we we leave it all here, and then we go enjoy Christmas, um, and then we come back in when when time is, and you know we learn from it. Gosh, this one hurts, man. I kept thinking about how I'm going to go home. I'm not going to watch the Sunday night game because didn't really care about it all that much. Going to pop on Dolphins and Packers and relive this and. 
think about the great weekend that was with the family. We had a chance to do Christmas on Christmas Eve, and me and Caroline both got scooters. I had myself a nice electric scooter that's uh, one of those bird scooters you can find, you know, in any big city and buzz around at 15, 20 miles an hour. And she has her little pink Paw Patrol scooter, and we were going to be buzzing around all week, and or we were buzzing around all weekend and be doing that for the next several months here. Uh, but didn't turn out that way in terms of coming back and watching the Dolphins game. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel, who talked about the way this game played out, and not just the quarterback performance. We'll get to that here in a second. But kind of like us, a little bit blindsided by the fact that this game went the way it did in that second half. Here's Coach Mike McDaniel on the team's disappointing second half performance. Coming out of halftime, um, just where our guys were at, um, I didn't foresee uh, standing up here really in this situation. So those... Um, I know the team feels the same way, so it's, uh, you know, apparently we needed another gut check, uh, and, and we got a, um, you know, there, there was critical errors, turnovers, I mean, you, the, the percentages of winning games, um, where you're, uh, what were we, um, minus three. Uh, you turn the ball over four times. Um, yeah, you're you're not going to win the football game. So, you know, I thought on top of all that, there was some uncharacteristic, uh, really, really uh, controllable penalties that were absolutely devastating. Um, I felt like, uh, you know, in, in the NFL, you can't um, – it's it's hard to continually move the ball, uh, and we weren't taking advantage of some some of the situations in the first half um, as well, uh, because we were putting ourselves behind the eight ball with with controllable penalties, um, and then the second half it was uh, much of the same. So uh, it wasn't for a lack of effort, but. Um, there, you know, there's just some things that, regardless of what people try to do, if you uh, the mainstays of football, if you if you don't um, do right by uh, you know alignments, um, uh, you know you 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 don't do right by um, protecting the football, you know these are the things that will happen, and you know our our young teams having to learn the very, very hard way. And so, uh, you know, nothing, nothing's really changed moving forward except for the fact that we were really expecting to cleanse ourselves of this feeling. And uh, we're going to have to wait another week to uh, try to get right. I just keep thinking back to a couple of plays, and it goes that way from the last four games, really. I mean, I'm not going to rehash Buffalo, San Diego, or Los Angeles and San Francisco, but the bad throws that just you just don't expect those from Tua. The miscommunication on the Raheem Mostert interception where the ball goes short and he keeps going. Eight penalties for 62 yards, and they just seem to come at such crucial moments, didn't they? I thought the, the biggest one, the most impactful one, was the illegal formation on the Waddle catch and run that takes us from first and goal to second and 13 at the 30-yard line. The very next play is a pick, and that's in a tie game, so a chance to go in and take a lead for a t- with a touchdown or even kick a field goal after the penalty. It turns up being a turnover. Even the scoring drive with the long Tyreek play, which we'll get to here in a second as well. There were five plays in that drive, and two of them were negated by penalty. And like McDaniel mentioned, just some really uncharacteristic things 
at the worst times, and it really sucks. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Coach on his quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. Two answers back-to-back. I'll go ahead and jump in between them. But the first one here was talking about the interceptions, and he was very deliberate about, you know, we got to see what happens on the tape first before anything. But here's Coach on the turnovers in that fourth quarter. You know, we'll try to identify exactly um, what, what was going on and how we got to that place. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I want to be careful um, before, uh, you know, speaking to absolute. Um, it felt like, you know, they it was, you know, situations where, you know, the ball just kind of got away from Tua, um, which is not characteristic for him by any means. You know, he he was, you know, executing um, at a pretty high level, you know, to start the game. And, you know, I don't know where that went, but that's something that we'll, uh, him and I will um, really, really comb over. And but, but it wasn't just that. There were some pass-exclusive situations we kind of put ourselves in uh, to, you know, that really took us out of, you know, some of our run run plan situations that, uh, you know, we, we play our best ball when we're able to, um, you know, keep the defense on their toes and in both phases. And, you know, when when you're having those mishaps and then, you know, the, the defense gets paid too, they, they uh, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, kind of compressing us in the second half. And um, I think those compounding variables really, really hurt the team's chances of winning the football game. And then next, coaches talked about this, I think the Baltimore game, I think it was in the Los Angeles game, maybe the San Francisco game, talking a couple times about, you know, not letting things snowball and, and Tua not taking something that he does negatively so personally and letting it impact future plays. Here he is on Tua's really intentional nature and being so you know, concerned with his own performance and how he puts himself out there for the team. Here's Coach talking on Tua, the need for the quarterback to, you know, be able to respond in these moments, not putting him in bad positions behind the eight ball. Here's Coach McDowell talking about his quarterback, the mistakes compounding, and how to get better from that. It's a challenge, but it's also something that, um, you know, every quarterback really goes through. It's a, you know, it's kind of one of those – you know, necessary things that you have to that you have to really figure out how you you don't let mistakes snowball, um, and that's one of the reasons you know that the approach and and the and the way we've gone about things has been so intentional in that regard because you can't you can't let past influence the present, um, and I, I I think that. You know, there, there could be some some portions of that that have to that have to do with you know him kind of snowballing um, in his own mind. Um, but he's such a strong individual that you know the good news is that I'm very confident that he'll he'll be able to get through that. Um, it's just that this team um, needs him. This team needs myself um, to you know make sure that. All those situations are um, not putting him behind the eight ball, and then you know the quarterback needs needs the uh, you know the rest of his team to to you know be able to execute 
so that he doesn't have to do too much on his own. You know, there was one, um, there was one of the interceptions that, uh, that you know, the primary receiver kind of busted, um, ran the wrong route, something that we, a concept that we ran um, numerous times this week. And, uh, um, you know, so it's not, it's not just him. I'll look at the tape and have probably, um, you know, more concrete answers, uh, uh, you know, for, for you guys tomorrow. But overall, like, uh, that, that is a, uh, a team, team failure, not a, not a one-person failure. So there you go. Let's go ahead and take our first break there after takeaway number one. Took up half the episode here talking about the quarterback's performance, probably his worst game of the year, and the offensive performance having a Jekyll and Hyde type of first half compared to second half, just not what we're used to. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back and do takeaways two through five. That's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Offense was humming in the first half of the Dolphins' 26-20 loss to the Green Bay Packers. And in the second half, despite some not-so-great situations, I thought the defense really played well despite being put in some difficult situations. That's takeaway number two. The Packers were just two for 14 on third down, and that was a big takeaway the last couple of weeks, right? Opposing offenses had a lot of success converting on third downs, especially those third longs that can just frustrate the crap out of you. Not in this game. Uh, They kicked two field goals on two possessions that began in the red zone. They ran the ball 25 times for 79 yards. Rodgers averaged just 6.3 yards per pass. He was sacked twice and had a passer rating of 78.6. I gave you all those stats, knowing what our offense is capable of. You would have said, Travis, we won this game by 21 points. And that's where it was heading, right? It was heading in that direction. But you wind up with starting field positions for this defense that allowed 26 points at the end of the day with this, the following possession started at the following uh, yard lines. The plus seven, that means seven yards going into the end zone. Uh, the minus 46, their own 46. Minus 12, minus 12, minus 13. That's all great. But then plus 49, minus 22, minus 38, plus 14, minus 36, plus 39. That's a bunch of possessions that start on a short field on, on the wrong side of the field, but also, you know, right short of midfield too. So basically half their drives were within one or two first downs of of being, you know, in field goal range and a couple others within one or two first downs of putting 
the ball in the end zone for six. I thought Christian Wilkins had another marvelous performance. I thought Zach Seeler did as well. I thought Xavier Howard played really dang well in this game and dang near got that interception that just seems to elude him this year. I know he has the one, but he's caught that ball so many times, doesn't squeeze that pick on a play that was really nice up until the last minute when it looked like his leg kind of came up and knocked that ball out of his hands. I thought Cater Kohu got challenged early and bounced back after the Packers had some success going after him and played really damn well. He had a bunch of pass breakups, including his first career interception in this game where he played that ball really well. I think Javon Holland's speed and range just continues to kind of blow my mind. Uh, The range he has on toss sweeps or screens or swings, whatever it is to the running back, going the opposite direction from him, like he's to the field and they run to the boundary or vice versa, his range getting over there is insane to watch. He had a couple more plays like that in this game, including upending A.J. Dillon, a 250-pound back with a major stick, I think it was in the second or third quarter of this game. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I continue to be so impressed by him. His effort every time, man, and talk about Christian Wilkins too, coming retracing passes in behind him. The third down pursuit play uh, ahead of a fourth down stop the Dolphins got where he tripped up Rodgers short of the sticks on the sideline is such a great effort and just plays that not many guys at that position are making. And then the Packers had a chance to put the game on ice on that final drive before our third interception. There was a massive lane to the end zone and he trips up the back to create a third and five, which we got the stop and force the field goal there. So he continues to make big plays at critical times. I thought Landon Roberts was very good chasing, you know, motion, orbit motion guys out to the flat that catch passes and he puts them to the sideline or, you know, rushing Rodgers and breaking down to make sure he doesn't miss that tackle in space. Ultimately, it just wasn't enough. And I thought those bad field positions had a lot to do with it. And a lot of that had to do with some special teams gaps that didn't go Miami's way. And that's three takeaways. The, the spots were rough because of some early special teams errors. You get a penalty on the opening kickoff that wasn't massive. Usually those are much bigger, but the holding happened so late down the field that the spot foul takes it back to the 20-yard line. I believe Raheem returned it out to the 32-yard line. So that's 12 yards off the top and technically five yards short of where you're guaranteed to get it on a touchback. On the very next time we see special teams, it's a a kickoff return that goes for 93 yards for the Green Bay Packers, which leads to a field goal. But, you know, you get a three and out, you usually think you're going to get no points, but they get three out of that because of a big kickoff return. Uh, The next kickoff, we get tackled down at the 16. There was a a couple kickoffs after that where – Whoever the the player was on the kickoff team for the Packers went down the field without getting blocked on a short kick that Raheem caught like at the 15-yard line, and he gets tripped up around the 25-yard line or so. Just one block away a lot of times from potentially big plays. And, of course, a missed 48-yard field goal is an absolute backbreaker. Takeaway number four, Penguin and Cheetah still really, really, really damn good. Somebody asked me on the mailbag this week if Waddle could potentially surpass Mark Clayton's 1984 single-season franchise record or the one that was previously standing before Tyreek took it to, to be his own. But essentially, the answer was yes, because if he just kept pace, which was right around 90 yards per game or so, give or take, he was going to get there. Well, he has the best play of his career for my money with a weaving 84-yard touchdown catch and run. And after five for 143 and a touchdown, he's now got eight touchdowns, 1,260 receiving yards. What a special player he is. Tyreek has five more catches for 103 yards. Those guys are having one of the greatest receiver duo seasons of all time. Let's go ahead and hear from QB to Atunga Vailoa on the big play by Waddle and the big play to Tyreek. I mean, that's that's something that I've I've seen Jalen do like many times. Um, and that's a testament to how he comes out to to work every day, um, you know, with how he finishes plays and him and Tyreek being able to get, you know, the, the guys in that room um, better by 
by just going out and, and you know, doing things like that. So, um, obviously, I'd, I'd say that's very, very impressive. You don't you don't just do that coming off the bench. That's like the first first play of the drive that we had on the second uh, series, I think. And I mean, that that just doesn't happen. So, you know, it, it it's cool and uh, it helps that he's on our team. Also helps when you have Tyreek Hill. Here's Tua on the big shot down the field. To Tyreek Hill set up a one-yard Jeff Wilson touchdown run. Yeah, uh, sort of looked like they were, uh, sort of looked like they were playing uh, uh, six strong. It was like quarters to to Jalen's side, and then it was like cover two to um, Tyreek's side, and um, I was just trying to pin down the the uh, backside safety, um, and then you know hit Tyreek. Going out to the final possession there, even though your the offense hadn't really moved in the second half, you still have a chance, obviously, to win. What, what you're thinking as you're, you're going out there on the field? There? We got to go win this. That's that's all it was. Um, we got to go win this. Um, just very very unfortunate, and uh, it was just terrible how how everything uh, ended. Um, and you know, like I like I told the guys, that's that's on me. And um, I'll definitely get get better from that. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Enjoy time with your families. Let's go ahead and take our last break right here and come back with takeaway number five. We'll also talk about a few play before the play and some teaching tape. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Takeaway number five on this disappointing Christmas edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, however and wherever and with whomever you celebrate. Takeaway number five, I know a lot of you aren't going to want to hear this, but we are very much still alive. And that's that's what matters ultimately in the end, right? We can all talk about eye test and playing up to a certain standard, and certainly Miami has to play a lot better if they want to contend not just down the road, but next week against a tough Patriots team and again the following week against the New York Jets. But it's all still there for them. And that wasn't the case after last year's disappointing defeat that was so crucial, right? Or the year before that. You can beat the Patriots, and if the Jets lose next week, then you're in. You can clinch next week with a win and a loss for the Jets in Seattle. You can also clinch by just winning both the games, which is the coolest way to do it, and that's how I want to do it. Climbing up the wild card seating, probably not going to happen now. That's probably, it's going to require a bunch of help to get that. And the Chargers and Ravens are playing some really good football right now. So for them to stumble would be the only way for Miami to achieve potentially the sixth or the fifth seed uh, by the end of this. And 
look, I, again, I know you don't want to hear this. I, I get it. I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated, but we have not reached Titans game 2021, Buffalo game 2022. In a lot of ways, that is next week and potentially week 18, depending on what happens in Seattle. So something to look forward to, right? We have a whole week to get ready for this game. It's going to be a long week on social. I'm probably going to avoid a lot of it. Probably suggest that for a lot of folks too. It's, it's a lot of back and forth and change your mind. And, and I, I get that's how it goes in this league, but I personally can't do it. So going to be a long week in that standpoint, but you beat the Patriots. Hopefully time heals all wounds, beat the Patriots, get back on track and really get ourselves going in the right direction. The NFL did announce they were moving the Steelers and Ravens game to Sunday night football. So we'll be at one o'clock again next week up against the Patriots. And it's supposed to be like in the 45 to potentially 60 degree temperature weather right now. And I saw there was some potential rain, but that could always move. Uh, that was warmer than it was today at Hard Rock Stadium. So in a building that also does not have heaters, by the way, you guys should have seen us in our post-game radio show uh, at the end of it, we looked like we were broadcasting from an igloo. I think Big Seth was all bundled up in like a scully and his his winter jacket that comes out only once or twice a year down here in South Florida. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on what's to come and kind of how this team is going to learn a lot about itself in the coming days and the coming weeks in a really critical game next week against the Patriots. Here's Coach on keeping the faith and the type of people we have here are the right type of people. It's exactly what it is. There's... Um Human nature is what you have to fight. You know, there's, uh, it is very, very hard to put it, to put in as much as these guys put in, um, and and keep coming up short. So, uh, I recognize it as, you know, kind of what you're looking for generally in in life and competitors and people is you want people to to not blink at situations that a lot of people would and it it's going to take a, a a team that's that's you know really tight and close to not allow um anyone to press and really um have these these situations manifest anything but you know improvement so uh, we've we've been learning hard lessons um you know, for for the last month of games, and at some point, if we, um, you know, w- want to make the next step, we're going to have to um, put up or shut up. So, uh, it 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 is tough, but it's also, um, you know, nothing nothing comes easy uh, in this game, and you you have to. The one thing I do know is if you're able to dig yourself out of it. Um, it does benefit you, um, it, you know, in the in the next phase of the season, because you 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 know that that's where you don't want to have um, wiltering or or snowballing of, of play or uh, you know really non clean football. So um, that it bottom line is, is it is what it is. Uh, our you know what type of people are we, um, and and are we able to really get through this together? Because that's there's you know there's no one else outside of that team meeting room that's gonna gonna come save us. We have to we have to figure it out ourselves. And then Tua was asked following four straight losses, how do you keep your confidence up? Here's QB one. Yeah, well, I would say it's it's easy to keep the confidence up with with this group. Um, 
I think we all believe in each other. You know, I, I would say we we all love one another. Um, you know, we're all invested uh, into each other as well. Um, and I don't think it's it's a time for us to blink. Like we we just move on and uh, we learn from it. And you know, we got another tough team that we we got to go go uh, to and, and play. So there you go. Those are the five takeaways. And the play before the play had multiple options in this one. I I don't really know which one to go with here. I'm going to take the Phillips one on the hustle, on the scramble on third and eight to set Miami up up with a fourth and one, which Cater Kohu uh, was in good position to cause an incompletion on that play after the fact. So Jalen Phillips really helping a couple of times the play before the play. He gets the nod in that instance. The teaching tape to me was the deep ball to Tyreek. You heard to uh, talk about it, hit that deep drop, hitch up, clean pocket, good pass protection all around, good routes, good spacing, throw it high and wide over that safety, but also wide of the pursuing safety. So it lands in the bucket right there to Tyreek. And that was one of a bunch of really good throws in that first half for Tua Tungabailoa. Some teaching tape on play action, find your spot, find your launch point, hitch up, throw the ball, locate it well. And you heard him break down the mental behind the play as well. So that's your teaching tape for this game. Again, tough result, uh, tough Tough couple of games here for the Miami Dolphins, but keep your heads up because we have a big game against the Patriots next week. We'll be full steam ahead on that once we turn the page. to uh, Tuesday on the podcast, all 22 review. Wednesday we'll do the five things, I think, and then Thursday, Patriots preview, and then Friday we'll have our pa- Pats Patriots guest here on the podcast. In the meantime, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Hope you all enjoyed it. Me and Caroline and Cameron and my wife all had a very, very good holiday, so hope you all can say the same. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast, the international podcast here on the network. Our Wednesday night Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock plus the postgame show on 560 WQAM and available on the Odyssey app after it records. Also the team YouTube channel for media availabilities. Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content in there. And last but not least, Miami Dolphins Dolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron, daddy's coming home.